It's October 16th, 2023. I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble Locals and YouTube. If you want to join us for the post-game show, rubinreport.locals.com. And, uh, oh, in case you didn't know, guys, we live in a wacky world, and it's getting wackier by the moment. I'm going to try to get you caught up over the last couple days, the weekend's worth of news. And, uh, and really what I want to focus on today is sort of how the narrative around all of this is shifting in real time and how the media, you know, for two days, Israel gets a little grace as they're literally not just burying their dead, but trying to figure out where people are. And there are still dozens of hostages and missing people and babies and all of the stuff. But how within basically 48 hours, the narrative starts shifting and there should be no more grace there. We should be worried about the people uh, that did this or the support the people that did this. We're gonna talk a little bit about how some of this has kind of gone worldwide with these just absolutely uh, insane uh, protests all over the place, of course, usually at college campuses. I wanna connect that with uh, what's become very clear that uh, BLM, we, we talked about it last week, how they obviously are supporting Hamas, uh, but how they've been able to really activate their foot soldiers again. You remember our summer of love back in 2020 when BLM and Antifa were rampaging through our cities and destroying things, and then magically it just goes away one day. Suddenly it just turns on again last week, but it's not BLM branded anymore, it's Hamas branded basically. And how the media is very confused about a lot of things, but occasionally, uh, because I wanted to do something a little more on the positive side today, if possible, occasionally some light can break through the darkness and there are some good people who make it onto mainstream media and call out the BS. So it's an awful lot to cover today. I should note also uh, that David and the kids have COVID and my sister-in-law who's here has COVID. I'm the only one in the house who does not have COVID, although suddenly my I feel like I've got a little something going on in my throat, but we are going to slog through. It's been uh, it's been a crazy. It's just like every I think everyone in the world that is paying attention to this to any degree, like it takes a toll on you. Like try to imagine the people that are actually going through this. And I was thinking all weekend, like I was sort of just like mentally drained and physically drained. I I, I didn't work out. I didn't I didn't have a drink. I was just like I just kind of had nothing and really was just taking care of the kids. Uh, and, and of course, that's not that's not to ask for any sympathy or anything like that. Like, imagine what the real victims are going through. But I think everyone that's watching this, it, it takes a certain to uh, toll on all of us, the, the doom scrolling and all of that. And uh, we got to figure out some ways out of this. So that's what I'm going to try to do today. Before we get to it, uh, let me talk to you guys about Moing Fox. You guys know that 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese. And their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. Guys, there's a better way. I want to tell you about Moink. You know, it's Moo plus Oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent too. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes, chicken breasts, to pork chops, to salmon fillets, and much more. Plus, you can cancel anytime. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted, and they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get free ground beef for a year. That's one of the best ground beef you'll ever taste, but for a limited time, spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben. That's moinkbox.com 
facebook.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. You know, I just realized, guys, I'm suddenly feeling a little something in my throat that if I do have COVID, you guys have nothing to worry about because no one in this studio is vaxxed. So there's just no problem. And I'll be fine. Don't worry about that. Anyway, let, let's get to what's going on in the world. I mentioned that, that some light is shining through some of the nonsense, because I get it. If you were paying attention to social media or even mainstream media over the weekend, there are horrible videos and images, not only still coming out of Israel and just like truly unbearable, unbearable stuff, which some of it, as I've said to you guys, we're gonna show you a certain amount of it as it comes out, and then there's just a certain amount. I, I don't wanna bludgeon you with it, you know, but it is important to witness uh, the really the most horrific atrocity of our sort of modern times, let's say last couple decades, uh, as it unfolds. And that's exactly what this thing is, right? Uh, and the fact that, that Hamas went out of their way to videotape so much of it, uh, we talked about it last week, but the Nazis, they were slaughtering people and doing untold things and experiments on children and all of that. And they weren't, they weren't videotaping it for the world to see, they were videotaping it for their own internal thing and then it got leaked. Hamas is doing this with the intention to scare people and promote themselves and, and everything else. Uh, if you wanna see some more, we're not gonna do any of the, the horrors today, actually. If you wanna see some more of it, because a bunch more did leak, you can go to my Twitter and I've retweeted some things. But anyway, the thing that I'm concerned about at the moment is watching the narrative shift. So 13,000 Israelis get slaughtered, babies burned, people tied together, all of the stuff, right? You've seen it. Um, and for about 48 hours, Israel had the world behind it. And then what always happens in this situation is that when Israel responds, right, uh, and Hamas is the elected government of Gaza, okay, no Israelis live there, no Jew, Jew lives there, Hitler would love the place. Uh, when they respond and they use human shields and their control center is under the largest hospital in Gaza, these are facts, they, they intentionally fire out of buildings where they know babies and children are and all of that stuff. So it's a double war crime, right? Firing into civilian areas and then using civilian shields, but I know they, they don't play by rules. I think that's one of the problems we're having at, at, in the West right now. We play with some degree of rules and, and you might say we, we bludgeon our rules all the time and we cheat and all that, but we have some degree of humanity and we're, play, we're fighting against people that have no degree of humanity, the, the, the death actually is what they want. The carnage and the death on both sides, they feel gets them further th to their goals. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in the West who fall for that nonsense, right? So they see images as tragic as they are of dead people in Gaza, uh, even though Israel's dropping leaflets and a whole bunch more to move people out. They're, they're still, after all of this, no army in the world would ever do this. Please leave this area. We're gonna bomb it. But still, after, after bur babies burned alive, they're still doing it anyway. The media narrative, you can start to see it shift. Israel gets a 48 hour window. They had to make sense of things. It takes a while to figure out a military operation, and everything else. And then the media starts shifting. And now it's no longer about that. It's suddenly about what's gonna happen to the people of Gaza and that Israel should have a proportionate response. No other uh, society in the history of the world, no other civilization has ever been asked to have a proportionate response. It's a completely ridiculous thing. You might remember the, the Powell Doctrine, Colin Powell, when he was Secretary of State, what, 25 years ago? Uh, you there's no such thing as a proportionate response. You have an overwhelming response so that they don't do it again. You don't want to end up in a war of attrition forever. Well, anyway, this, this nonsensical idea of a proportionate response, ask the allies if their response was proportionate when they were bombing cities in World War II or when we dropped nukes on Japan, which now we're an ally with because you end a war. Anyway, uh, Douglas Murray, who is just like the best of the best. I'm so proud to call him a friend and someone I've been in this battle with 
uh, for many, many years. He's been all over the media. Here he is on British TV. The siege of Gaza, cutting off all supplies of fuel, the electric, last electricity plant, that's gone. There is no electricity, there is no running water, there is no food going in, there are no other fuel supplies going in. Borders closed at Egypt as well. Bizarrely little criticism of Egypt for that, interestingly. Um, is that, and while raining down missiles on buildings which they know are going to kill civilians, we know hundreds and hundreds of civilians have already died, many of them children, is that a reasonable, proportionate and moral response by Israel? There is some deep perversion in Britain whenever Israel is involved in a conflict, and it is the word you just used, proportion, proportionate, proportionality. Only Britain is really obsessed with this. I've heard it for the last few days incessantly. Proportionality in conflict rarely exists. But if we were to decide that we should have this fetish about proportionality, then that would mean that in retaliation for what Hamas did in Israel on Saturday, Israel should try to locate a music festival in Gaza, for instance, and good luck with that should try to find a music festival in Gaza and rape precisely the number of women that Hamas raped on Saturday. Kill precisely the number of young people that Hamas killed on Saturday. They should find a town uh, of exactly the same size as a town like Starat, where I've been many times myself, and make sure they go to door to door and kill precisely the correct number of babies that Hamas killed in Starat on Saturday, and shoot in the head precisely the same number of old age pensioners as were shot in Starat on Saturday, just to choose one town. I mean, does anyone say it clearer? Does anyone say it more succinctly? Does anyone say it with a better British accent? Like, it's just absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. Proportional response. And imagine saying proportional response to a group of people who are still missing their children. Did we even play, I can't even remember which things we've played at this point. Did we play the video a couple days ago of the Hamas guys that have the babies? They literally are holding the babies? Yeah. Um, I'm not even sure if we played that. Like, but you, you people, just, just proportionally do it. Oh, and you're only two generations off the Holocaust. We already saw that, but just calm down. Just calm down. It's, it's, just, it's just epic bullshit. Everyone knows it is. And again, they're using, Hamas is going out of its way to use decency and, and the, the kindness of Western civilization for all of her flaws. They are using it to destroy us from the inside. Uh, here's one more. Douglas fully explains how Israel is doing everything they can to reduce civilian casualties, not only because it's the right thing to do, but because they know that the, the world will use that against them. Proportionate to the threat as perceived by, by America, no, by we, other we, countries. We didn't say that the death toll in uh, Afghanistan had to be precisely the death toll, for instance, in the Twin Towers in New York. We didn't take that view. By the way, the, the, the always has to be said, the difference between the Western way of war and the Hamas terrorist way of war is that their objective is to kill civilians. The objective of Hamas is to kill innocent people. The objective in conflict of the United States, the United Kingdom, Israel and other civilized democracies is to kill as few innocent people as possible. It cannot be said enough that Israel tries to use the IDF to protect its citizenry. Hamas uses the citizenry to try to protect Hamas. Uh, Israel precisely uses precision-guided missiles in order to try to limit civilian casualties. But I have no doubt that after the atrocities of the last week, 
the appetite of the Israeli public and military and politicians to continue this precision game will, of course, change. Good point to what he's saying there at the end. It's, it's important to have the, the moral high ground for as long as you can. And there are things, there are untold evils in this world. I think we've seen a lot of them in the last week. And at some point, you could push the Israelis to say, all right, no more leaflets, no more caring about civilians or anything else. And by the way, not only I think there would be an argument that, would, that it would be within their right, because it would be within the scope of what humans are able to do to survive, um, but no other country would have taken these precautions in the beginning. So I wanted to start with those two clips with Douglas, because we're seeing so much uh, amoral unclarity, let's say, a bunch of people who don't see a difference between uh, the barbarity and a civilized uh, society trying to do the right thing and defend her people. Um, but there are a couple other people, by the way, that are morally clear and telling the truth about what's going on. One of them, another one that I'm proud to know and support uh, is our governor right here, Ron DeSantis, who talks about what it's like to deal with a terrorist organization like Hamas. You're running to be the next commander in chief, so I want to focus on some of the crises we're seeing right now. You were once uh, a Navy JAG, which means you advised on uh, the law of armed conflict. With Israel about to launch this invasion of Gaza, I wonder what you would advise them in terms of distinguishing between legitimate targets and civilians. Well, one, Israel has a right to defend itself to the hilt, and that means the complete elimination of Hamas, the eradication of their terrorist infrastructure. Israel has put out warnings to civilians about where Israel is going to conduct operations and has told civilians there to leave the area. Hamas is telling those civilians to stay in the area. So they're using the civilians as human shields. So, of course, when you're in war, you want to avoid that. But if there are civilian casualties, that's the fault of Hamas. That's not going to be the fault of Israel. But would you advise, for example, the Israeli military to avoid attacking infrastructure to provide water and electricity as they have done? Well, Margaret, the Hamas is holding people hostage still. You have Israelis being held hostage as well as Americans being held hostage. I understand I don't that. Think they're under, but I don't think they're under an obligation to be providing water and these utilities while those hostages are being held. Hamas should return those hostages uh, before any discussions are had. And it's a disgrace what they're doing. And Israel has every right to use all the pressure that they can to get those people back. I always say it's nice when you hear someone tell the truth. It's not that difficult to tell the truth. It's not that difficult to know what is right and what is wrong and, and the rest of it. Margaret over there basically acting like the Hamas spokesperson. Like, imagine, really think about it for a second. Imagine someone murdered your wife and burned your child. Would you be giving them water as they have your other daughter still now and you don't know her fate? Really think of what they are asking the Israelis to do. It is psychotic. And again, we know that no other nation would be asked to do this. No, but no other nation would have to debate their defense. No other nation would have to debate whatever they were going to do on the offense, debate the morality of it or anything else. But these pathetic hack journalists at these places, like it's so profoundly ridiculous. But just to illustrate further how the IDF is going out of their way, they are doing everything humanly possible to not kill civilians. And again, 
Hamas wants civilians killed. They literally, there is, there's only a limited amount of roads, really like two roads that'll get you from Gaza to the Egypt border. Now, of course, Egypt, we'll get to this in a second. Egypt doesn't want anyone crossing that border, right? They could just let all everyone into Sinai. It's not like Israel's gonna chase them into Sinai. Uh, but Israel is literally dropping leaflets. Look at this, this is just a four second video. Those are, yeah, it was two seconds, whatever it was. Those are, those are leaflets that say, here's the path for you to leave, right? We have to bomb this area because Hamas is in these hospitals. Hamas is in these buildings. We know it, leave, we don't want you to die. Hamas is going out of the way not only to bomb the roads that people can get out in, uh, but they are stealing people's cars. They're doing a whole bunch more. So this is, a, a, this is audio of a phone call. You know, Israel has people, has Gazans, because obviously there are good Gazans. They have Gazans on the ground uh, who right now are trying to explain to the Israelis where, where they can bomb and what's going on. Listen to the audio of this call. It's a Gazan explaining what Hamas is doing to stop people from leaving the areas that are gonna be bombed. Okay, so I think you got it. And there's video evidence of all that we should have, maybe tomorrow we'll play you. They, they literally put a bomb in the road so you see all these cars driving, trying to drive south because they're trying to clear out northern Gaza first, right? You see all these cars, these are families and everything else, and the bomb just blows up. It's not an Israeli rocket. It's a bomb that Hamas put in the road. So they want people to die. That's what Hamas wants. They want everyone to die. They want the Israelis to die, obviously, and they want their own people to die because they are fighting a religious war. We have a, a, a largely secular world, a Western world that has some degree of rules, right? And wants a sort of, I don't want to use this word, but like believes in some sort of multicultural, we can have different religions living together and all of those things. They want some of that. And then we have people fighting religious war. This is a problem. But you know, I keep talking about this Egyptian border. Here's a tweet from N Wokeness with a couple pictures that'll really illustrate what's going on. Gaza also shares a border with Egypt. To keep Gazans out, Egypt built massive parallel walls. Wow, walls. And a super strength steel underground wall. One wall is made of concrete, goes 20 feet high and underground. The other is stone. In addition to the above underground walls, the area is patrolled by the military. There is only one checkpoint to get in to the country and it's heavily guarded. Believe it or not, I've been there. Um, I've been there. I think it's the Rafa border, if I'm not mistaken, is the, uh, can, can we confirm that the, the border? It is, right? Uh, it's the Rafa gateway basically that lets you go from Israel to Sinai then to get into Egypt proper and, and in 1997 a long time ago it feels like lifetimes ago for me and, and a long long way from where we are now because obviously it would be insane to do now uh, I took a bus ride I went from that border I took like a I think it was like a 20-hour bus ride with a zillion stops uh, to get to Cairo and I spent a week in Egypt that's another story altogether but the point is Egypt has built a border and they don't want the Palestinians in they don't want the Palestinians in. Sinai is largely empty. They could take them in, but it's strange that they don't. But okay, I think we got some facts on the ground. I've tried to lay out a case of what's actually happening, but now I wanna show you further. I've shown you Douglas Murray and 
uh, Governor Ron DeSantis making just clean, simple sense about this, right? I just want to reiterate one thing that DeSantis said. It's like, why isn't the entire world calling right now? Everyone's saying, Israel has to stop, Israel has to stop. There's going to be a genocide. I have heard almost nobody say, how about Hamas, release the prisoners, release the captives, release the hostages. How about you do that and then we'll have a pause for 24 hours and figure something out. I don't even think Biden has done that. They have Americans. I mean, it's genuinely psychotic. But what's, what's interesting, and again, I think the silver lining, it's hard to talk about a silver lining related to all this, but the silver lining is people who have been on the fence about which way Western civilization should go, people who have, who have lied about the good people here in America and tried to make it seem that MAGA was our biggest problem and everything else, they're starting to see something wrong. So I'm going to show you a couple of clips from The View right now. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, only one of these clips involves someone saying something completely insane. Okay, so first off is Alyssa Farah. I've been unbelievably critical of her. I think she's a pet Republican who's really just in it to sort of destroy Republicans. So you, you know, just get marginal Republicans out there. Uh, but here she is explaining what Hamas is doing as it relates to infrastructure, because they're talking about water and electricity and all that. For Palestine to be free, for the Palestinian territory to be free, they need to join in ridding themselves of Hamas. Plain and simple. If you want to see a 21st century, thriving, prosperous Palestinian territory, that's what will happen. We, they, Palestine receives billions of dollars in foreign aid from all over the world, but Hamas uses that for its terrorist efforts. The reason they don't have basic infrastructure, the reason that right now we could see their infrastructure turned off is because Hamas is living large in Qatar. All their leaders are in Qatar right now telling the Palestinian people, you need to sit here and you need to be willing to die for the cause when we're not. War is hell. I, I've seen it up close. Um, there's going to be bad things that happen, but Israel has a right to defend itself. So every now and again, people who get most of the stuff wrong, something happens, maybe it's burned babies, like it shouldn't get to that point that it takes that or get to get these people to wake up, but I'll take it. I'll take it. And don't worry for all of you that have been on the right side of this and you have friends on the wrong side that are maybe waking up right now. I got to tell you, you're never getting the apology. You're never getting the mea culpa. The best you can do is just say, okay, I'm glad you're on your way. And then, you know, keep trying to get them down that path towards what is true and what is good and what is right. That's really the best that you can do there. But what Alyssa Farah just said there's right. And to even illustrate that further, there's another video going around. And we have to be judici judicious in what we show you here because I only got a limited amount of time and you got a life to live. Uh, there's a video going around of Hamas showing that as other countries gave them money, so they got billions of dollars in aid, right? No Israelis living there. The entire world would have loved to have said, hey, look, the, the Jews all got out and then they turned this into a utopia. It would have been a beautiful thing and they could have done it. But instead, they literally, and there is a video showing this, that they promoted, they showed their Hamas soldiers literally taking water infrastructure, pipes that were for water, chopping them up and turning them into missiles. That's what they did. And now this one, I never thought I, never thought I was going to say this on this show. Never, God, you work in mysterious ways, you truly do. Here's Anna Navarro actually making sense. As a child, I lived through a civil war in Nicaragua, nowhere near the violence and the level of arms that we're seeing uh, right now. But I know what it's like to be uh, a child caught in the crossfire and the violence and the death created by adults. The way I feel about this is it's heartbreaking. And if you are human, you've got to be just as sad to see innocent children, whether they are Palestinian or whether they are Israeli. Mm -hmm. The problem is that Hamas doesn't care about Israeli children or Palestinian children. Mm -hmm. 
What they care about is only one thing, wiping Israel off the face of the earth. That's right. That is their sole purpose of existence. And I, I, I was reminded of a, of a quote that I'm going to paraphrase from Golda Meir, a premier of a, a, in a prime minister in Israel in the past. And she said, if Hamas, if Palestinians put down their weapons today, there would be no more violence. If the Jews put down their weapons today, there would be no more Israel. And that you is the Israel. problem. Yeah. That yeah. is the problem, that for Israel, this is about existence. And crazy times make strange bedfellows, right? So these are, these are lefties who I don't know that anyone in this space has been more critical of these women related to everything. And I think that their, their confusion around leftism and what has been happening in America and the culture wars has led to a lot of this. It really has. But finally, Finally, and, and this is, I don't know, it's a mystery of life, I suppose, that something so insane, so brazenly shocking, so unbelievably horrible could happen, and then boom, the gates are open. And now, once the gates are open, the, the truth will set you free. So I, I actually think that, that this could really shift the way just Joy thinks fundamentally, and, and Sunny, uh, not Sunny, we'll get to Sunny in a second, because she's gone completely the other way, but Anna Navarro and maybe Alyssa Farr, et cetera, et cetera. But now I want to show you Sonny Hostin. Sonny Hostin, who I have said repeatedly is the worst. Wait, I said, oh, no, no. You know, it's funny. Remember two months ago we did the thing about who's the worst on The View? And I actually said it was Anna Navarro because Anna was doing it all from the comforts of Florida. She lives right here in the Miami area in Florida. But obviously I'm going to flip that now. Sonny Hostin. I always thought that Sonny Hostin was the worst person. But I was giving I was giving Anna like this like thing because you're in Florida doing all this. But now Sonny Hostin has gone in so deep on on the absolute dishonesty and the obfuscation of the truth and everything else. Here she is. Listen to her, uh, not only just lying about Israel, but listen to the way she speaks. Look at her body language, the way she's looking. She doesn't even believe her bullshit, and and that's how so many of these people operate. They repeat the nonsense that they don't believe. And by the way, Sonny. The Hamas guys, they wouldn't be thrilled with someone like you either. No, I just, I, you know, I, I look at this from a legal perspective, and I think that we all know that Hamas has been designated uh, a terror organization, just like many other terror organizations have had this designation, like the Proud Boys here in the United States. Um, but, I, but I do think that what we need to remember is that there is an international human rights body of law and when you look at that law, part of it is retaliation against innocent civilians collectively is also terror and is also a war crime. And again, those are not my words. Those are the words of the law. And the president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, said just last year when we were all talking about Ukraine, she said Russia's attacks against civilian infrastructure, especially electricity, are war crimes. Cutting off men, women, children of water, electricity, and heating with winter coming, these are acts of pure terror, and we have to call it as such. You are a human act of terror, you clown. First off, the way, the coldness with which she talks, it's so obvious. It's not that she, she's just so deep in, in the abyss on this. It's just so absolutely crazy. Again, we've illustrated repeatedly that Israel is not trying to kill civilians. They're going out of their way, the double war crime, the warning people, Hamas keeping people. But also this idea, she, there's something called the law. 
this is this is I would actually say this is a this is a symptom of a disease of the Western liberal mind. There are people trying to kill you, trying to kill everyone you know who want a world that is in no way connected to a world that you want to live in or have lived in, and you're going, well, we've got a piece of paper here. I've got you see, I wrote this down, and someone in Brussels signed it and said we've got ways that we're supposed to behave. You're not allowed to just behead and burn children. I have it on this. Oh, I got a paper cut. You see, it's it's absolutely fucking bananas. She's an idiot. She knows she's an idiot. You think Hamas or any of these people care about international law? So you're making civilized people play by rules that the people who are literally beheading them would never play by. It's so absolutely insane. On top of the fact that she tried, and she, even as she was saying it, and this is how you know this is prepackaged nonsense, and this is put out there by ABC intentionally, when she went out of her way to say that Hamas is, has been designated a terrorist organization. The, impl the implication she's trying to say is that it's not really a terrorist. They, well, they were designated to beheading people, but they were designated, just like the Proud Boys, right? The Proud Boys, as far as I know, have not beheaded anybody or burned couples together or held any hostages or anything else. Anyway, Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire, he commented on that. I thought this was pretty good. If you put aside the fact that the Proud Boys have never launched a military offensive and slaughtered hundreds of innocent people, and if you put aside the dozens of other crucial differences, then yes, the Proud Boys are pretty much the exact, uh, pretty much exactly the same as Hamas. Great point. Just profoundly ridiculous. But okay, so I've shown you some positive people coming out of the media and some light breaking through the darkness, and it is hard to do. Uh, but unfortunately, the darkness is kind of everywhere, and it's going to continue because again, the narrative is going to slightly shift right now. Uh, the horrors obviously, of these people that are still held hostage, babies. There are babies there being held by terrorists. It was one of the most chilling videos I've ever seen, especially having just spent the weekend sleeping on the floor with Luke with COVID because he didn't want to be in the crib. And it's like, I'm talking about all this stuff during the day. And then what you would do, like what you would do as a human being when your baby is crying for two seconds, right? And think about what these people are going through. And we're watching the narrative shift in real time. Now the victims somehow are the Palestinians. It's insane, but this is what the mainstream media does with everything. So Drew Holden, was quite good. I've, I've played a bunch of, or I've read a bunch of his Twitter threads uh, over the years on the show. He's a reporter at the Washington Beacon. Uh, he wanted to expose with a thread a bunch of the nonsense coming out of mainstream media. So here, here's what he wrote. A barbaric attack that killed over a thousand Israelis brought out the worst from the mainstream media. I want to walk you through some of the terrible examples. And now here's a bunch of tweets that he quoted things on. Here's from NBC. The UN, various human rights groups, and legal scholars citing the blockade consider Gaza to still be under military occupation by Israel. Uh, just real quick, you can come back to me on this one. We have, we have already illustrated this, I think. Egypt is also blockading it. Nobody talks about that. When the Israelis left in 2005, there was no blockade. They said, we want nothing to do with you people. Take our greenhouses, take our temples. They ransacked all of it. And then they started launching rockets. So Israel said, oh, we got to blockade this thing. So it's just, again, this is one of those things. They just are not going to let Israel win in any way. Here's one from NPR. Led off this conversation with a stirring defense of the terrorist's decision to kill people. This is obviously Drew explaining it. See for yourself. The top military commander, Hamas, said forces attacked Israel in part because of recent Israeli raids happening in the old city of Jerusalem and around the Al-Aqsa Mosque. I want to show you a picture of uh, the old city of Jerusalem and Al-Aqsa Mosque. This is us in, uh, this is back in May. Now what you're seeing there uh, that's me with Ambassador David Friedman, who was on the show last week. 
you guys know I've, I've said it a million times, how peaceful Jerusalem was, how there are religious, ultra-religious Muslim women walking next to ultra-religious uh, Jewish men. There's the Christian quarter where the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is. It is literally the most integrated place in the entire Middle East. There is no city that has more people of different faiths living for the most part peacefully together. Uh, she's talking about the Al-Aqsa Mosque. What you're seeing right behind uh, Ambassador Friedman, sort of to the bottom there, because we're on a high, as you can see, we're on the top of a building here, uh, is the Western Wall. Now, the Western Wall is the holiest site in Judaism, which before 1967, Jews could not pray at because it was controlled by Jordan. There was no state and never has been a state known as Palestine. Go back, go back to the picture for just a sec. Um, so it's the Western Wall, and that's where Jews pray, but it's actually not the holiest site. The holiest site is above that, where the Dome of the Rock is, and you can see the Dome of the Rock, the big gold dome there, because they built a mosque on top of what was the ancient Jewish temple, the temple that Jesus would pray to. So who do you think was there first? Whether you think that matters or not, but they're claiming that somehow it's Israel that's going after Al-Aqsa Mosque. One, one more time to the, to the picture. Al-Aqsa Mosque is a little bit to the right side of the picture, uh, on the other side of the, it's where those trees are basically. And there's a little bridge, if you look on the right side of the picture, there's a little bridge that allows some tourists to go up there. They really don't let Jews and they certainly don't let Israelis go up there. I actually did go up there back in 1997 and it was very clear that they did not want us there. But literally, quite literally, that's also where the holiest site of Judaism where Israel doesn't even let Jews pray in the name of peace. So again, everything they say is nonsense. Here's one from the Washington Post. Is, this one's just absolutely incredible. This is absolutely fucking incredible. Israel's Iron Dome defense system protects Israeli lives. It also perpetuates the Israeli-Gaza conflict. Now, this happens to be from 21, May of 21, but it illustrates the absurdity here. Israel has put their money into building a defense system. Who, who in their right mind would have thought 20 years ago you would have to build something right out of, literally out of Star Wars, where people would endlessly fire indiscriminate rockets at you from every which direction, and you'd be blowing them out of the sky. But Israel said, ah, this, this is, this is how these people behave. Uh, we might have to do that. Uh, and they're claiming that that is what's extending the conflict. Think about it, if Israel didn't have the Iron Dome, if right now is, there was no Iron Dome, Gaza and Hezbollah in the north, they're firing rockets all over. Just imagine it's your home, you're in America, right? Got bombs flying from Mexico, flying from Canada. If those bombs were all falling, you would be far more warranted to do whatever the hell you wanted to do. The fact that the Iron Dome exists is one of the things that actually restrains Israel. And then you have these complete abject morons, Islamist apologists and members of the Hamas caucus like AOC who says, oh, poor, poor Gaza, they don't have an Iron Dome because they were building a terror organization. Anyway, here is uh, MSNBC host, and MSNBC has been absolutely horrible on this. Their numbers are tanking because of it, because you can't, you know, people can, people can eat a lot of shit. They really can. You feed people shit, they'll eat shit. But eventually the lies start catching up to you over time. Uh, Mehdi Hassan, who is absolutely one of the worst on MSNBC, uh, here he is rationalizing uh, Hamas. When you don't give people hope, they turn to the arms of groups like Hamas. Now, thank you, my friend. Oh, thank you, my friend. Hope. They didn't give people hope. Again, they took every Israeli out. There are luxury hotels in Gaza. It is in no way comparable to Auschwitz or an open-air prison or anything else. It's on the same coastal beach of the Mediterranean that Tel Aviv is, which is one of the most uh, beautiful beaches in the entire world. They could have turned it into the the they could have turned it into like the gem of the Middle East because so many people would have been so happy 
that, that something good had happened there. And they decided to turn it into a, a terror haven. Anyway, here's Mehdi Hassan a couple of years ago calling uh, non-believers cattle and unintelligent because they don't believe in Islam. The gossips, the disbelievers, the atheists who remain deaf and stubborn to the teachings of Islam, the rational message of the Quran, they are described in the Quran as, quote, a people of no intelligence, Allah describes them as. Not of no morality, not of no belief, people of no intelligence. Because they are incapable of the intellectual effort it requires to shake off those blind prejudices, to shake off those easy assumptions about this world, yeah. about the existence of God. So Mehdi Hassan, it's a little unclear to me whether he's been suspended right now or temporarily taken off the air. I mean, he was running cover for days for Hamas and explaining why they were basically basically rationalizing. He's one, he's one of these just like deeply duplicitous people. And MSNBC's numbers are tanking right now. Again, because think about it. Think about who watches MSNBC. You have mostly like sort of the woke, lefty, like elitist, liberal, blah. And it's not that many people, right? Because our show gets more people. They have millions, they have hundreds of millions of dollars before them and they wish they could get it by the end of the day what we get on this show, right, across platforms. Um, but people, but they have brainwashed people, but even the brainwashed people have had it. Like enough brainwashed people saw, um, like, again, I don't want to get into all the atrocities every time, but saw the stuff, and then they realized this should be not excused, so their numbers are tanking. Medi at least has somewhat been temporarily taken off the air. Uh, here's some info from the New York Post. It's got a little snark. I, I, I actually love the New York Post. Uh, MSNBC is dishonest journalism that draws a false equivalence between the terrorist brutalities of Hamas and the legitimate self-defense of Israel. The network lost 33% of its primetime viewers since Hamas struck Israel, even as Fox, which accurately reports on the situation, has seen a massive 42% jump in total viewership. It's not hard to see why. Americans know what terrorism looks like, the rape and murder of civilians, including toddlers. The desperate pretenses of MSNBC hosts like Hamas fan Andrea Mitchell, I like that line, uh, can't convince any sane person otherwise. It was Mitchell, remember, who had the insane gall to suggest Hamas and Israel really aren't so different to an Israeli mother whose children the terror squads are holding hostage. One is the region's strongest democracy and our closest local ally. The other is a cadre of genocidal Islamists working to further Iran's ambitions. The networks pulled other similar moves like lumping together the death tolls from Gaza and Israel on, on an on-screen graphic, except that those Gaza tolls are driven by a Hamas policy of sitting uh, military personnel and material in mosques and hospitals and encouraging civilians to stay in places where Israel has notified it will be bombarding and bringing on the trio of Ahmad, Moyeladeen, Mehdi Hassan, and Ali Velchi to say Hamas, the Hamas assault was the result of failed policies by Israel and the US. The ratings punishment slamming MSNBC shows that this flood of propaganda doesn't work. The real question is when the legacy media, media will admit it. To be clear, this is not cancel culture. Every company has a, can decide whether they want to work with people who in a war are lying for the bad guys while their ratings are tanking. I suspect actually, had they been lying for Hamas and running cover for Hamas, as they've done for a long time, and Andrea Mitchell, who's a Jew, pathetic, uh, I suspect had they been doing all that and their ratings going up, these people would be there. It's, it's a business decision uh, anyway. They are, they are the, MSNBC is the media wing of Hamas as, as, the, as AOC and Ilhan Omar and the rest of them, they're the Hamas caucus. That's what these people are doing. But the point is, again, that silver lining thing, people are kind of waking up to some of the bullshit. By the way, you know, last week I tried a couple times to connect a lot of what's going on here to all of the lies that we've been fed, like related to everything, BLM and boys or girls and blah, blah, blah. 
Do you remember, since we're talking about Andrea Mitchell, that Andrea Mitchell was the one who, when they kept lying about uh, Ron DeSantis, what he was doing with that African-American studies AP course, saying they were kept saying that he was saying that slavery was good for black people and all that. She was the one that interviewed Kamala Harris and basically said that. And what, what does Ron DeSantis not want people to know about black history? So she has lied about everything. So these people who have lied about everything, then their audience becomes a bunch of morons and confused about everything, and then they wonder why. You are an embarrassment, an epic embarrassment, Andrea Mitchell. But go to, Hamas, uh, go to Gaza and see how they treat uh, Jewish elite journalists. Uh, I'm guessing not that well. No. Yeah, nope, no, nobody thinks that well. Uh, anyway, I wanna show you a little bit of the also stark difference that's happening across the world right now because we're seeing these protests pop up all over the place and there is a, a really fundamental difference between the behavior of what's happening for these pro-Hamas, and yes, they are pro-Hamas, uh, river to the sea protests. There's nobody at these protests that's like, guys, actually, could we just return to the 1967 lines and what Hamas has done is bad? They, they would be beaten to death, okay? These are, these are pro-genocide protests versus the Israeli protests. So first, a headline from the Midwesterner. We are ready to die. Scenes from the pro-Hamas march in Dearborn, Michigan. Now, we showed you some of the uh, video out of Dearborn, Michigan. That's Rashida Tlaib's district where they had this massive, I don't know, several thousand people, basically a, not, a modern Nazi rally. Uh, we got we got some problems there. Uh, here's San Diego. Yeah, it's happening in San Diego. There was one woman, one lone woman with an Israeli flag, and here's how these tolerant and decent leftists treated her. Retarded kids, like, go go to Gaza, you purple-haired moron, see what happens. Um, anyway, here's a compilation of pro-Gaza protests at Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, UCLA, and Harvard. All places that I've spoken, all places I've been heavily protested, except University of Wisconsin. I don't know what that was about. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the leftist whack jobs took the day off. Okay, first off, I just want to be clear about something. These are, these are radical leftist lunatics, these kids. The system has failed them, which puts them out there. The fact that so many of them are wearing masks, they're either still confused about COVID or they're, they're doing it because they don't want people to know what they're actually doing because they might want to get hired at a job one day. Um, but I do want to rest assured that this is not how most people think. Um, wide, widely across the West, uh, people know what right and wrong is, but it is important to expose this nonsense. But again, I, it's important to illustrate because this is happening all over Europe and it's much more intense actually in Europe. You know, the land will be liberated. Do you think that they are going to stop with Israel? If these people think that Israel, that the Jews have nothing to do with Israel, um, do you think that they think that America is a just experiment? You see what decolonization really is all about? 
This is, this is a intensely focused and coordinated movement to upend all of Western society. And these, these it's, I hate to tell you, I hate to tell you for the, for the people that are waking up right now, and I know there's a whole bunch, I just showed you some clips of the women of The View. You guys also need a mirror in the midst of all this. I, I don't want to dogpile on you as you're actually waking up because it's a beautiful thing. And I went through a wake up many years ago, is what it is. But why is it that these universities, Harvard, Harvard, is supposed to be our most elite place of education for young people in the entire country. Now, yes, we've known for years that it discriminates, actually. It used to have quotas against Jews, and then it had quotas against Asian people, so it shouldn't really surprise us. This is exactly what it is. And now I wanna show you the absolute absurdity of what's going on. If you, if you think the protests and that they're gonna liberate the land, they don't even know what the hell they're talking about. They have no idea of basic history or anything else. It's, just, it's youthful, just nonsense, all that fine. Uh, here's the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay, and here she is explaining why these protests should be allowed. Now, now try to imagine if these protests were MAGA protests. Try to imagine if these protests were, I don't know, against vaccines or against mandates, what she would be saying. Try to imagine if these protests were, I don't know, a bunch of girls who didn't want dudes with dicks swimming against them. And now listen to the utter hypocrisy of this woman. This is a moment of intense pain and grief for a great many people in our community and around the world. I feel that pain and grief myself. As members of a university community, we have a choice. We can fan the flames of division and hatred that are roiling the world. Or we can try to be a force for something different and better. People have asked me where we stand. So let me be clear. Our university rejects terrorism. That includes the barbaric atrocities perpetrated by Hamas. Our university rejects hate, hate of Jews, hate of Muslims, hate of any group of people based on their faith, their national origin, or any aspect of their identity. Our university rejects the harassment or intimidation of individuals based on their beliefs. And our university embraces a commitment to free expression. That commitment extends even to views that many of us find objectionable, even outrageous. We do not punish or sanction people for expressing such views. We should have put a laugh track in that for every dishonest thing that she said. She doesn't give a shit about free speech or anything else. They gladly would have kicked people out of the school and did for not abiding by their vaccine policies or mandates. Again, I, I illustrated several examples of things that she would never be supporting, right? A MAGA group shows up at campus. You think she'd be giving that talk? A, a girls who want to swim with girls group shows up. And that's not a lesbian joke. That's just, a, it, girls used to swim with girls. That's how they'd race. Everything they say is a lie, but James Lindsay, you guys know James Lindsay. I've had him on the show many times. James is one of the clearest thinkers, literally in the world, I think, when it comes to, let, let's get James on next week, by the way. And by, also, we are gonna continue doing this thing where we have guests join us in the middle of the show. I think we're doing it every day this week, except for today. Uh, but James Lindsay um, has been exposing how, how evil the woke thing is and how it, how it basically uses all of our strengths and turns them into weaknesses. So he saw that video uh, by the Harvard president, he wrote this, communists only appeal to your values when they're losing and or manipulating you with them. And that is exactly what she's doing there. She does not care about free speech. 
She doesn't care if kids are intimidated. Imagine if you were just the average Jewish kid. You don't have to be Israeli. You're a Jewish kid or, or you're just like a pro-America kid and these rallies are going by your dorm room and everyone's screaming and everything else and from the river to the sea. And you're just like, I, I don't really want to be involved in that. Guess what? You're going on a list with these people too. You really are. But again, now I want to show you that somehow light is coming through. It's really bizarre. Uh, TMZ. Have we ever played a clip from TMZ on this show ever? Yeah, maybe something with Kanye years ago. TMZ, which TMZ is just like this big gossip rag. You, you've all seen it in things over the years. It's become like a, a really huge cultural institution. Well, here is TMZ fully uh, doing something right and true. And wow. And Black Lives Matter in Chicago embraced the killing of Jews. They are There's Hitler. A hold on. They are Hitler-esque. They are a Hitler-esque organization to do something like that, period. They, these are Nazis, essentially, trying to exterminate Jews, and they are embraced by Black Lives Matter in Chicago. It is disgusting. What's his name over at TMZ? What's that guy's name again? Anyone remember? Like credit where credit is due. Like, I don't really care about all the gossip and all the rest of it. Uh, oh, Harvey, um, Harvey Levin, yeah, like, good, 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 and true. Now I want to connect, you know, there are these protests and of course they're happening all over the world. Uh, and I want to connect it to something else because Friday, as you may remember, was uh, it was National Day of Jihad or something. I, I, they didn't really pull off much. I think one, there was one Israeli uh, consulate worker in China, I think that was stabbed and one French teacher that was killed. Horrible things, right? Horrible things. But, you know, people thought it was going to be much worse. So thank God for that. Um, but the point is that a lot of this stuff, the plan is to export it. You know, one of the things that's coming or that they're now telling us is that Hamas was basically working on this plan for two years. Now, we have had two years of an open border. Do you think there is a plan in place already? Like, does that make me crazy or a conspiracy theorist? I mean, think about it. So here is FBI Director Chris Wray saying, oh, yeah, something might happen here. In this heightened environment, there's no question we're seeing an increase in reported threats, and we've got to be on the lookout, especially for lone actors who may take inspiration from recent events to commit violence of their own. So I'd encourage you to stay vigilant because as the first line of defense protecting our communities, you're often the first to see the signs that someone may be mobilizing to violence. I'd also ask you to continue sharing any intelligence or observations you may have. And on our end, we're committed to doing the same so that together we can safeguard our communities. I think how really crazy this is. We have watched two years, basically since day one of the Biden administration, of opening our borders, right? I've shown you a million clips. You've all seen them. We don't know who's coming through. We don't know what they're doing, what their allegiance are on top of the fact that it's just simply not morally or legally right to just have an open border, but especially in a time of like sheer insanity, right? Like this isn't, this isn't like taking some Polish immigrants in 1950, right? Like this is a completely different thing, okay? But we could all have our own personal feelings on how many people we should take, if any at all. I think at the very least you have to have a border first. But basically he's saying, uh, yeah, uh, they're probably here they're probably here and they're probably gonna do some bad stuff. So could you keep an eye out? Uh, you know, sure, we, we let them in. Like this administration is, is an utter embarrassment. This administration is, is tacitly offering to burn up the United States. They're, they lit the fire of letting everyone in here and now they're going, hey, well, it's kind of on you guys. Could you just call somebody if you see anything? But that, could we do that? 
Um, so the issue here is that we don't want to step on the First Amendment. We don't want to step on someone's right to free speech. But again, the First Amendment has limitations, right? You cannot directly threaten to murder people, which in essence a lot of these protests are doing. Uh, you cannot directly threaten violence. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater with the intent to do harm. So, But you, we want to protect our laws and our God-given rights to the best of our ability, while a group of people who would gladly upend them and never respect them are coming to destroy everything, right? But we, we have to figure out what that balance is. It is freaking tough. But we don't want to stop people who are legally here from speaking within the legal limits of the law. But we know we have an, we know we have an awful amount of illegal people here. We know that they are participating in these rallies. And the question is, what do you do with them? Well, Ron DeSantis has an idea. And as I'm looking at those protests and those demonstrations in these cities where these people are cheering Hamas, who has beheaded infants, uh, raped women, assassinated elderly people, the barbarism is the most disgusting thing I've seen. You look at ISIS, you look at Al-Qaeda, I don't think they went to this depth for what Hamas is doing. So we have people that are cheering that. And my view is, is nobody has a right to come to this country. And if you don't like this country, then you should get out of this country. You should not be allowed to come here in the, in the first place uh, if you don't share the values of the United States of America. And I think we've allowed people to come in illegally who reject our values, but I think we've also allowed people to come legally who reject our values. And if we don't have any, any type of common currency that ties us together as a people, uh, this country's just not going to succeed. So yes, I'd be, I'd be strong on, on legal immigration to make sure that we're vetting people that are coming in. And the only reason to have people come in is because it benefits the United States of America and our people. It's not because you have an entitlement as a foreign citizen to come in. Yeah, America first. Remember America first, have a border, know who's here, decide judiciously whether we should have more people and do they fit into the melting pot that is America, the melting pot that those people are gonna upend. So try to imagine as you're watching, and again, you could say, oh, they're just waving the Palestinian flag and they're not supporting Hamas. But do you think there is literally one person at those protests who's like, guys, guys, Hamas is bad. We should have a peaceful resistance and beheading babies is bad. They would be treated like the average Israeli or anything else at those protests, right? There is nobody. And we know this because this is what the left has done with everything. They always go to their most extreme. So we are watching it happen right now. Now, I will tell you, as, as chilling as it is when you see these protests in Chicago and you see these protests in New York and we're seeing them in Canada and we saw the gas, the Jews one in, uh, in Sydney, Australia and everything else, as chilling as all that is, Western Europe has a much bigger problem because they have let in hundreds of thousands of these people and they have to figure out what they're gonna do. And, and it, again, there's that, that fine line between free speech and actually upholding laws and making sure that all your citizens feel safe and everything else. Uh, here is Douglas Murray once again on what you have to do with these people who are, who are openly calling for genocide, they are fine with terrorist attacks, and they are brazenly expressing that on the streets of London. I came back to London the other night and I hear the residue of the people outside the Israeli embassy. These people were not protesting against Israeli countermeasures. They hadn't even had any countermeasures. They were protesting because Jews by the hundreds had been slaughtered in Israel and they wanted to wound us more. Well, they might try, 
But we should not accept that with equanimity. I've written in The Spectator tomorrow a demand on the Prime Minister and the Home Secretary that supporters of Hamas in the UK must be treated in exactly the same way as supporters of ISIS were. This... Some people thought that the claim that Hamas was ISIS was a rhetorical claim. We know since Saturday, if we didn't know before, it is not rhetoric, it is real. If you stand in Britain with a Hamas flag, you should not be allowed to be free in Britain. You should be arrested, have your citizenship withdrawn, your passport withdrawn. You should be deported, you should be sent to the Gaza and try your luck there. But you should not be given the right to insult and to taunt Jews after the death of Jews. It's intolerable and we should not tolerate it. But I'll go a step further and then we're going to show you some video of what's going on in London. It's not, it's not that you just Jews. This isn't just Jews. The average Brit who once had a country that was British and believed in law and order and was a, a flourishing, thriving nation has been largely demolished. So now I want to show you uh, we're going to show you some of the protests from London. I think we're going to keep my mic on for this. So this is London in the last two days. Free Palestine, free Palestine. Now, do you think they mean, oh, go back to the 1967 border and then blah, blah, blah. But the issue is not even that. If they wiped out all of the Jews, what do you think these people in Britain, do you think they would be feeling negated or they'd be feeling energized to now bring it to Britain, which they believe to be even a worse colonizer project? And now here's Britain 60 years ago. What do you think those people from London 60 years ago would think of the London of today? Some of those people, they might still be alive, right? If you were 30, 60 years ago, you're 90 now. Do you think things have gone the right way or the wrong way? Do you think that the people that are out there chanting for genocide and everything else, do you think they want a Britain that your children are gonna live safely in, that is, that is gonna respect any Western value or anything else? Or are they on a holy religious war? I mean, just what do you think? And again, if they take out Israel, you think they're gonna be like, Okay, pack it up, guys. Like, no, of course not. It will, it will just be the beginning. And also, when you see those thousands and thousands of people in London, um, who, who seems more indigenous to the land, would you say? Would you say the Jews are more indigenous to the ancient land of Israel, the, the land of Abraham and Isaac and Jesus, or those guys in London? Who's more indigenous? You got it, you got it. Oh, how about one more of those? Because Stockholm, Sweden, also had crazy protests. So we're gonna show you some of the Stockholm, Sweden protests of the weekend. And Stockholm, Sweden, you know, by the way, the leftists were always saying, can't America be more like the Nordic countries? Can't we be more like Norway and Sweden and Denmark? And then of course they let in a whole bunch of people uh, that they shouldn't have let in. And now the countries are having major, major problems. But here's Stockholm, Sweden uh, yesterday versus Stockholm, Swe uh, versus Sweden 68 years ago.
you got it. You got it. I don't think I have to add anything else. So the West will have to decide what the West will do. And America will have to decide what America wants to do. Europe has a much, ver a much worse version of this. America has done a way better job integrating people into society and creating a melting pot, not creating, oh, you're this color, you should live there and everything else, right? That's what's happened in Sweden. That's what happened in France and everywhere else. And not just allowing hundreds of thousands of people to pour through. America didn't do that until this last year or so. Now we have a big problem on our hands. They have a much worse problem. We could have shown you those same videos from Paris, right? We could have shown you them in uh, Belgium. We could have showed you them in Netherlands. They all exist. What these places are going through now versus what they uh, were like 50, 60, 70 years ago. So all of these places will have to decide and we will have to ultimately deal with the challenge of how do we remain decent Western civilization that defends free speech and everything else as, we, as, as the enemy within loves the fact that we don't know what to do with that, loves the fact that they can use all our goodness against us, right? Uh, I would also remind you that uh, there were no protests, no Hamas protests in Poland. None. Poland, a lot of Polish jokes. How many Polish people does it keep to build a wall? You know, you got it, okay, fine. But Poland said, no, none of you people, and they're doing just fine. Wouldn't that be the ultimate irony? Poland would be like, you people, you made a lot of jokes about us. <laughs> we have a civilization and you don't, ha ha, who won? Uh, all right, guys, that is our show for today. Thanks for tuning in as always. Uh, if you haven't subscribed over on Rumble, please go ahead and do that because again, the YouTube thing, it's like, who knows how long it'll work. And if you wanna join us, for the post-game show, if you want to get messages directly to me, if you want to ask us things and, and get involved in our Q&As and a whole bunch more, rubenreport.locals.com. My full interview with Megyn Kelly is up. It's up everywhere now? Yeah, it's up everywhere right now. And she's just, she's just so great. You know, three people, I think, have really shined for the last week, and I'm so proud to, to call them all friends. I would say it's Megyn Kelly, it's Dan Bongino, and, and Douglas Murray specifically. I, Jordan, maybe four, Jordan Peterson, like just, like just standing up for what is right. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna be on Sean Spicer's show in about 15 minutes, so we're gonna do a quick post game. I thank you guys for watching. We're back at it tomorrow. All right, ciao. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubenreport.locals.com.